0: episode 96 of Dope Nostalgia Podcast, and I'm your host, Naomi. We are featuring a very special guest today who is the godfather of Latin rap. Mellow Man Ace is joining me for a special interview, and I couldn't be happier to have him as a guest. We're going to tell you all about Mellow Man Ace and his career and what he's been up to, but first I want to give you guys a little bit of news of one of our past guests. Check it out hot off the presses, you gotta adjust those rabbit ears. You got that antenna pulled up? It's time for some dope nostalgia news. Our guest from episode 88, the metal queen of Canada, Lee Aaron, is putting out a Christmas disc this year, and it's going to be dropping on November 26th. She has two brand new original tracks, a new cover, and liner notes for the 2021 reissue. So, yes you've got to check it out it's called it's almost christmas just look up lee aaron on her social media and her website wikipedia Wikipedia moments Moments. Yulpiano sergio reyes better known as mellow man ace is a cuban-american rapper known for bilingual delivery and novelty rhymes he was born in cuba and moved to los angeles with his family at the age of four an Afro-Cuban rapper born in Cuba, Mellow Ace focused on lovers rap with a blend of urban hip hop and occasional bilingual delivery and a heady gift for novelty rhymes. His family moved to Southgate, California at a very young age. His debut album, Escape from Havana, was released on Capitol Records on August 29th, 1989 and featured production from the Dust Brothers and Deaf Jeff. The single Mentorosa was released on March 9, 1990. It was his biggest hit, peaking at number 14 on Billboard's Hot 100 chart, with Ace rapping over a crafty hook from the Santana songs No One to Depend On and Evil Ways. Ace recorded one additional album, The Brother with Two Tongues, before virtually retiring from the music scene. But 2000 saw the release of the album From the Darkness into the Light. Next came the album, "Bengo a Cobra, it was released on June 8, 2004, on Demilo Records. And then in 2006, he collaborated with his brother, Sendog, of hip-hop group Cypress Hill, culminating in the album release, Ghetto Therapy. 2010 saw the release of the album, Restoring Order. And in 2018, he released the single, Gate. He was the first Latino artist to have a hit bilingual single and has been called the godfather of Latin rap. He was also a founding member of the hip-hop group Cypress Hill and member of the Latin Alliance Project. Ace has a son named Kazal Organism who produces most of his more recent music. Let's welcome the legend, Mellow Man Ace, to Dope Nostalgia. You're an amazing guest. Thank you, Mellow, for uh, being here. This is Dope Nostalgia. We talk to artists who did big things in the 90s and see what they're up to now, Um we got to tell our audience too. like the godfather of Latin rap is a very prestigious title. So when you were starting out, (laughs) who were those people who influenced you to bring your brand of music to the world?
1: Sure. Um, Thanks for having me. I appreciate the laying first and foremost. Um, But yeah, to get to that, um, there, there were, you know, several, but I think the most important ones for my, growth of spanish and bilingual mr chick of the meme machine um Hmm. probably then mlz after that and a close third would have to be i mean it's a tie between curtis blow run dmc sugar hill gang and houdini probably
0: those are very good names (laughs) very strong strong musicians Yeah,
1: yeah Mm-hmm.
0: is your whole family musical
1: the whole family yeah. everybody from our grandfather who was the orchestra uh, the orchestra leader for the Cuban National Army um, mm. orchestra um, all of my uncles, all of my cousins my brother Sendog of Cypress Hill mm-hmm. my son Cuba because our organism my mother sang in the church Yeah. My cousin Ray, my cousin Ivan, my cousin Margarita played the piano. Ivan plays percussion. Rest in peace. My cousin uh, Ray, who just passed away during COVID, he played trombone. And my uncle, Ulpiano Piano, plays clarinet, still in Cuba, in Havana. Uh, My cousin Miguelito is in... um, Angola on tour there and he is a violinist
0: that's incredible it sounds like you have yeah. a big family too
1: <laughs> well yeah we unfortunately because we defected our my immediate six mother father brother two sisters we never really got to know them mm. unfortunately and we we know them now a little bit more through messenger app and what's app and, and these things but you know the connection it's still not what it should be you know because
0: yeah
1: you don't have any memories together but what are you gonna do
0: make them now right as much as you can anyway have you been back to cuba at all i don't understand really because i'm in canada and i know we yeah. don't have much of a travel embargo to cuba but i know things are different in the u.s so is is there the ability to travel to cuba now
1: um, I think there is now, but I, I've never gone back. This is my 50th year in the United States. I came when I was four years old, so, mm-hmm. and I, I never went back. Was, uh, my mother became the president of an anti-Fidel Castro movement here in the states, and she always told us that we might be on file over there and all this other shit. And um, uh, can I curse? Can I? Oh yeah. Let loose an F bomber too, okay?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Which was bullshit because my little sister went back for the first time uh, three years ago, Mm -hmm. and she had a great time. So, go figure.
0: Is it something you'd want to do?
1: It is. It really is. But it's just, it's just never been in the cards, man. I don't. I don't. I don't know. It's just. I mean, I lost all my grandparents. Um, couple of uncles, a couple of cousins, and it's just, I just haven't pursued it, really. I have no hunger to really go after it.
0: That's understandable, for sure. And uh, once those big hat hits started happening for you worldwide, and what kind of opportunities did that provide you? Did you get to do a lot of touring into other countries, or...? What, what kind of things happened once Monterosa came out and just blew up?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, Mentirosa was the third single of my career, and that became my passport to the world. And in that time, I was able to play more of an ambassador role for hip hop in countries who saw hip hop as a black music and a black thing to do. Places like uh, Colombia, Santiago, Chile, Mexico, in which I'm the first Latin rapper to receive a gold record there. Um, Costa Rica, uh, Panama, Puerto Rico, Argentina, Spain. Uh, The list goes on. I mean, I've been just about to every Latin country aside from Paraguay or wherever you say that. Yeah,
0: I think it's Paraguay. Paraguay.
1: Yeah. I haven't been there and I haven't been back home. So
0: Um, who did you get to meet during the time that your success was taking off? That was big influence on you.
1: Well, because um, that's a great question, but because my mother growing up here in the States was a big Bob Hope fan Mm -hmm. and she watched all those Bob Hope movies, road to Morocco, Morocco on, on the water Uh, you know, anything Bob Hope and and Bing Crosby, we grew up watching in the house because, you know, from her time in Cuba, they would hear about all these stars. So when they got here, they started able to watch Frank Sinatra movies and all these things. But Bob Hope was a really big deal to her. And one day I got a, a call from my agent who said, hey, they want you to do a Bob Hope special with Bob Hope. And so I think between Bob Hope and of course Mr. Don Cornelius rest in peace of Soul Train, those were two of the bigger, you know, wow, like I'm here. I I've, I've I've landed, you know what I mean? Moments that I can I can tell you about.
0: Yeah and like for the younger generation who definitely they should probably look up some of the stuff Bob Hope did. He was a hilarious man who provided so much humor especially to the the, the armed forces and you know he was always oh, yeah. out there out, yeah. out there doing his specials and for sure. What's one of yeah, your
1: so He was doing his he would do his telethons and stuff like that much like Jerry Lewis and these yeah. guys um, that classic era of Hollywood, and you know, to appear with him, and just that moment in time is is frozen in my memory bank and my data bank of, of of great days. You know,
0: mm. what was one of your most memorable performances to date?
1: Um, concert wise, yeah. Because we, I mean, I did some really great TV shows here in the states yeah. and, around, and abroad, but I, I would have to say, believe it or not, uh, opening up a tour of Colombia with for air supply, of all of all people. I mean, we were playing, you know, hundred thousand seat football stadiums, football soccer stadiums, where you know it'd be like almost all filled, you know, like sixty to 80,000 people and the only part of the stadium that was blocked off was like because the stage would have been blocking it you know what I mean um Mm. those were very um unforgettable performances
0: no kidding like seeing that many people in front of you and they always say it's harder to perform for like 10 people (laughs) than it is for crowds of thousands do you feel that
1: I I really do I, I do um and i've done that too i've done that too i'll tell you about a story um in my early days after signing with delicious vinyl uh they called us myself tone Loke, and young mc who were the first gra- you know the graduating class of, of delicious vinyl uh, to open up for tila rock uh in san diego san diego state university and we thought we had really made it. We thought we were this shit. We were we were you know we're young and we're finally going on the road and we're gonna tear this shit up and and we did. I, I give credit to everybody who performed that night. We gave it a hundred and ten percent for ten people
0: who showed mm-hmm. up.
1: This is nineteen eighty seven, eighty-eight in there and one of those people happened to be a rep from Capitol Records, a A&R rep who had driven from Los Angeles to see my show. Did you and know they were going to be me. there? I had no idea. Oh, wow. I had no idea. We went hard. I mean, when you have guys like Send Dog and Be Real of Cypress Hill dancing for you and DJ Mugs as your DJ at the time, mm-hmm. we, we were just ill B-boys at that time. So our intensity was came from a passion from battles in the streets in the parks in the backyards. So we had, we were already groomed for, for more people than that. But if 10 people showed up, they could get it. They could yeah. get it too, you know? And uh, so we, we went hard and then I got approached by this rep, Kenny Ortiz and the rest was history. They picked up my, delicious vinyl contract for, I believe it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 35,000. And next thing you know, now I'm on capital with a seven album deal.
0: That's incredible. Your time on capital records. Um, was it, was it all a good time? Cause I know sometimes oh, no, when I talk to no. people and the, the, those, those labels can be real tough. And sometimes you well, don't I mean, realize that you're paying for so much of what, what they're giving you
1: yeah I mean, I think everything would have could have lasted a little longer had it not been for the MC Hammer scandal
0: oh.
1: um, that happened that rocked the building and and you know the FBI got involved and came through and escorted all the execs out and really cleaned house because it really hurt our third albums our second and well my second, then going on to my third, myself, the Beastie Boys. Paul's Boutique album, Mantronics album, King T's album, Little Shane's album, got lost in the sauce. And um, we were never able to really recover from that.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that, you know, things are going well now. And um, what are you currently working on musically?
1: Uh, I'm doing a lot of, and have been, For the last, I don't know, 10 years, probably, no, like five years, singles and videos. So if you want to check anything out that I've put out, just simply go to YouTube. Uh, My my channel is Mellow Man Ace TV. And there you'll see stuff that I've been working on um, that is more organic and, you know, doesn't have the big machine behind it. But... Mm. I believe it's still quality work, you know, that I'm leaving behind. And even though it doesn't find mainstream or pop radio, because, well, we know that that's a, a different monster altogether where payola is the name of that game. And, and unless you have a, a rich uncle or a million dollar budget, your song will never reach that level. Right. So, um, I'm, I'm much like any other YouTuber now. It's like, i I own everything. But the downside is that you gotta try trap traffic to your to your work, you know mm. what I mean? Where before the the big machine did that for you and you could just be at the mall spending money or at the club, you know what I mean? Mm. Now you gotta work round the clock, you know, and while the competition is doing Easter and Thanksgiving and Christmas. I'm in the studio and I'm making music and, and doing things that I want to do.
0: And that's the key. You're doing what you want to do, not what the machine wants you to do. So the music quality is probably much more authentic and real you.
1: I got, I got to say so. I got to say so. I believe that. Yes.
2: Cause right now you're just a liar, a straight mentirosa. Oh, me? Today you tell me something, y mañana otra cosa. Got nobody,
3: baby.
2: After these messages, we'll be right back.
0: Podcasting is so much fun, but it's kind of expensive too. We got to pay for stuff like licensing fees, hosting fees, long distance phone calls, etc. etc. You get the drill? Okay. Well, we have a new thing called Patreon. Now, Dope Nostalgia has a Patreon account where you can subscribe to premium content. And what that means for you is for the very low starting price of $1 a month, you'll be able to get the podcast two days in advance of the regular release. Not only that, $3 a month, you get exclusive video content just for you guys to check out bonus stuff all the time that you don't get with the regular show. So check it out, patreon.com slash dope nostalgia. Become a subscriber today and get all the good perks.
2: Hey, Woodshed, it's AK. Hey,
0: what's up? nothing. What are you doing? I was just sitting here listening to the Dope Nostalgia Podcast. What are you doing? Oh my goodness, I am also listening to the Dope Nostalgia Podcast. Did we just become best friends? Hey everybody, what's up? It's DJ
2: Woodshed and DJ AK from No More Games Radio. Keep listening to our friend Naomi on Dope Nostalgia Podcast and check us out at nomoregamesradio.com.
3: right, you know when you feel it, baby. You hold it, you hear it, you taste it. It's right. Diet Pepsi, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you got the right one, baby. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Diet Pepsi. If it's irrepressibly lovable, unsurpassably callable, and intimately soulful, you got the right one, baby. Uh-huh.
0: So um, tell me, too, about getting together with your brother for Ghetto Therapy, how that all came about.
1: Yeah, um, Ghetto Therapy came about on Send Dog's uh, label record company that he started in 04, 05 in there. And it was called Latin Thug Records. And he got a whole bunch of money from Koch Distributor. And he called me up one day and said, hey, man, you know. I got $20,000 for you right here. You want to come make an album? <laughs> I'm like, sure. I'll be there in 35 minutes. And no, but realistically, um, he got paid, put some money in my pocket. I said, let's go. Let's do it. You know, and we started to take tracks. Um, we had a pile of CDs to go through and we sift through those. while You know, when he was coming home from tour with Cypress Hill or I was coming back from a spot date wherever, mm-hmm. and we make the time to pick tracks. And we got stuff from Be Real and DJ Ace and Scoop DeVille and Warren G. And so many guys that contributed to that record. DJ Ace um, of the Rhyme Syndicate as well. Mm-hmm. And I what we did was I would put together all the ideas concept wise rhyme styles and all that. And then Sen would come back into town, come in the studio, listen to what I did and then kind of follow suit follow suit with whatever cadence I would create, um, whatever style. Um, and then, right to the exact same concept that i came to that i would come with and um and it worked well i mean we worked really well as a team like that and um so the the recording process was a joy for me as his little brother you know and Mm -hmm. after all these years to be able to work with him it was um it was emotional i think for both of us you know um Mm -hmm. you know then, you know, a bunch of shit hit the fan after that, after the record's out, uh, and he pulled one of those, hey, I'm from Cypress Hill moves on me one night after uh, during a show where he called an audible, and I didn't know about the audible, and that was to bring Be Real out um, oh, without man. me knowing. It wasn't written on the set list, only he, Be Real, and the DJ knew about. Didn't tell me anything, so... Here comes Be Real on this next song. I have a set list that we're going off of. And um, now I'm like, what the fuck do I do here? What, what's, what's my role here? <laughs> oh, no. And so after that show, I remember calling him and leaning into him heavy. That's the most unprofessional sack of shit anybody has ever pulled. I don't know where you got that stuck from, but blah, blah, blah. I was chewing him chewing him and he's i'm sorry man i'm sorry man it's just that you left rehearsal early no i said that and that's not what happened what happened was before that show we had a rehearsal senator didn't show up two hours later an hour and a half later i bolted i went to our favorite bar and had fucking drinks (laughs) you're not gonna fucking play me hollywood dude i'm your fucking brother So either show up on time or you lose me and we can push rehearsal to another day. So he goes ahead and does this and works this out when he shows up finally to rehearsal, you know, they, he works it out. Show day comes. I'm, I'm shocked. I don't know what's going on. It's like, Whoa. And so I had to chew him out behind that and uh, he respected it. He knew, he knew, you know, but that's the kind of shit that, even it's a bad memory, but it stays in my, in my mind, you know, like like an, almost like an accomplishment of a weird way. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then that kind of thing never happened again.
1: No, what did happen was he canceled the Spaniard tour because somebody got in his ear from Cypress Hill and said, hey, man, I know you guys are doing pretty good with that. And you're starting to get some money and some life, but let's go back on the road and do some and get some real big money. You know what I mean? Oh. And this was after he had, he had an episode. Um, I won't get into cause that's his personal business. Um, but, and I was, so the night, the night before we're supposed to take off to Spain, he called me and said, yo man, I can't go. I can't talk. It's the 11th hour. Our flight is in seven hours. What are you talking about? So we had to pay back all the money to the promoter, the people of Spain who were waiting to see us never saw us. And, and that was a shame. And, and I just, at that point, I had had enough of those kind of stunts
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and I, I, it's not what I'm about, you know? I've always been solo, so I don't have to deal with a lot of other letdowns or group members not willing to travel or not wanting to go here or there. Right. I've, never ha- I've never had to deal with that, so I don't put up with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, needless to say, some other things happened that were personal to him um, that happened with his label and stuff that he just walked away from it like he didn't care mm-hmm. yeah so that's how that it just kind of fell apart
3: jealous yeah. ones want to fuck you up mega before i went i will i've played along pull me down my soul in chains jealous ones want to see me fuck up show They wanna tip me for my jewels and my chips, my tools and my whips, but they fools who ain't shit. The same niggas wanna see me cracked out, walking by a stone with a fucking cat out. Throat as fuck on the block with the freeze, all sucked up with dog shit on my jeans. So they can ride by with their bitches and laugh and say that motherfucker ain't even took a bath. I just be laughing at the spiteful types. The fact that I made it must keep them up at night. Wanting and wishing I fell at my position. Oh, that I'm a fool with a bad disposition. Praying and hoping that I ain't selling. Turn into a thief for some kind of felon. Or oh, wish up some kind of rotten luck. You must be dreaming, nigga, with your ass up. to
0: It's very hard to be in a group, a band situation. I, it's much easier to find people to work for you <laughs>
1: than anything. And work with you, yeah.
0: <laughs> right, so no doubt. With that, with that being said, are there any collaborations musically that you'd like to make?
1: Well, right now, yeah. I mean, I'm doing a, I'm doing like a super friends. Ultimately, it'll be an album, but I have done the last three videos that I've done. One with Money B of Digital Underground, the other with Rodney O of Rodney O and Joe Cooley, and another one with MC Magic, and I'm working on one right now with Dana Dane. And, and the list of people who have already agreed to come on this album are Yo-Yo, JJ Fad, Second and None, Domino, Chub Rock, um, Diggable Planets. So it's, it's going to be insane when it's all said and done.
0: That's going to be amazing. Uh, I can't wait to share it with all your fans, all that info. They're going to be excited. Right on. What album track did you ever do on any of your albums that you wish would have been a single? Because I'm going to play a clip of it on the show for everybody.
1: I wish, I mean, one thing is to be a single because we can make singles all day. Yeah. But to be a hit that I would have loved to have become a hit is one called Magnificent Mm -hmm. on the, um, I believe it's called the Restoring Order album, and that's like a hidden gem of an album. Mm. It's only on Bandcamp. Oh wow! Yeah. So uh, that that album, I mean that particular song. I think it's that record. Yeah, um, magnificent. It's one of my my favorite rhymes because before um, before. Bismarck, he, rest in peace, passed away. You know, it was using his cadence from Nobody Beats the Biz, but flipping it in a bilingual manner that, if you ask me, is unparalleled to a lot of stuff that, that you get or that you hear or that you've heard.
3: companies, get the guillotine like the ancient Chinese, hmm. you fucking with the architect, a bilingual flows of the entire movement, Yes, they day first, so I seen them come and go, cause I do it for the love, they do it for the host, style incomparable, never tune it. legendary flows, it's plus one, and two and still very relevant, I'm not keen. True indeed, true indeed, I'm unforgettable While rappers be yapping cause they got a record deal I'm president, my nigga, I'm the one who signed the sales So let's keep it 100, you're not the godfather I'm the one who's done it, the grand wizard, forever relevant You insignificant, my dude, I'm magnificent
1: one particularly and if i had a close second it would probably be a song called you Y Z U, is Mm -hmm. how it's spelled on my uh bengua cobrada album which means i came to get paid and that was also on an independent label um you might be able to find that one on youtube okay yeah
0: yeah. I'm going to play a couple clips. So people get a chance to hear them. Good deal. Yeah. And what's a concert that you went to that changed your life?
1: I just had this conversation yesterday. Cause I had another interview to do. And oh, uh, wow. concert that changed my life was 1986 or 87. Myself, DJ mugs, my brother, be real, Tomahawk Funk of Funk Dubious, and a couple of the street homies from the block. We're broke as hell. This is before records. Mm-hmm. We're broke as hell. We want to go see the Raising Hell Tour. Run DMC, Houdini, LL Cool J and the Beastie Boys. We didn't have no money. But we had a couple of cars that we can get in the vicinity. It was at the Greek theater, big theater here that legendary. Mm-hmm. We get there and we, we had, you know, we had some drinks and we had some weed that we could afford. And we hiked up a mountain. I don't know about. It was a mountain that was at least like 50 yards or more, a hundred yards, maybe hundred yards up. Mm. And we're dodging trees and trying not to get our Adidas all fucked up. (laughs) And we watched we were able to watch the entire concert from the top of that mountain looking into the bowl and the whole greek theater and it's packed you know it's packed and we're sitting jack sipping jack daniels and smoking bud and we're up in the mountains and shit hoping we don't fall over and shit <laughs> holding on to shit and, and i think Separately and individually, I think we all told each other one day that's going to be us. Mm -hmm. Nobody said much, but I think we were all thinking it because that's exactly what happened.
0: That's incredible to think about. Like, what a good memory. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: vivid. It's vivid, like it happened last week. Really.
0: I bet. Who are you currently following in this, uh, hip hop rap world right now? Who, who, who impresses you?
1: When I, when I hear it, um, maybe J Cole stuff, mm-hmm. guys, guys like that. Mm-hmm. I, he's really lyrical and before he passed away, rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Those, those are my guys. Um, but aside from that. I'm not really tuned in Mm -hmm. and you know, I don't know what I'm missing out there. I, I, not interested.
0: I hear you. I don't pay attention to what's on the radio nowadays. I have no idea.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Did you get involved in using the internet in its early stages in the nineties when it first came out to promote yourself or to just, were you interested in the computer scene?
1: Be real was the one that really was on that shit earlier with with MySpace,
0: mm.
1: and I kept asking him, "Are you sure, dude? Like this is some shit, and I don't understand." And blah blah blah. And like, no, man, you got to do it. <laughs> so I started with MySpace, and and so he was the one that really pushed me to do it. Um, I I don't remember it in the nineties. But in the early 2000s is when I got on board. Yeah. Whenever MySpace, whatever year that was, I got on board.
0: Good way to actually connect with the fans one-on-one too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. And there's no, there's no excuse now for not answering fan mail. (laughs) It's in your DM. And, and, you know, if you're going to be a douchebag, then you'll, You'll still be that kind of a douchebag, but there's really no excuse nowadays. Whether it's two weeks from now or three months from now, it's gonna be there still. And you know, you should replace I do. I mean, hell, that's how we you and I got connected.
0: Exactly. I'm grateful for that. When you have that blue check mark on Instagram, I've always wondered if the mail goes the DM still get to you or not oh yeah i don't know
1: yeah oh yeah
0: oh yeah oh yeah. okay sweet um i'm gonna wrap things up with one last question of course asking you about uh this being a nostalgia uh show is, is there any kind of food or clothing item clothing line toy whatever makes you nostalgic for those days
1: yes and i recently bought it on the Facebook Marketplace app, it was an Evil Knievel stunt motorcycle uh, that you shit. with the crankshaft. <laughs> awesome. With the crank shaft. I have it sitting in my living room. Every once in a while, I'll fly it off my front porch just to feel ten years old again.
0: That's incredible. You yeah. said so you got that on eBay.
1: No, I got it off the. Uh, I followed the Evil Knievel page, and one day it oh. popped. Up for for resale and i ordered it and and it came and i started playing like i was you know 10 years old again it felt really cool
0: oh that is so awesome <laughs> yeah. i'm glad i'm glad you're doing well and i can't wait to hear all your music that's been coming out we'll share some clips and make sure everybody gets a chance to fo- follow you mellow thank you so much for spending this time
1: well, hey my pleasure Again, thank you for the lane. You've been amazing, and um, yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, I want to send all your viewers over to check me out every Thursday on my podcast. It's called the Havana Lounge Podcast. Every Thursday at seven p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Mellow Man Ace TV on YouTube. Okay. Uh, Thursday we tomorrow we'll have the rapper YZ from Jersey who was instrumental in signing Poor Righteous Teachers early on in his, their career. we've had great guests, you know. Uh, we've had people like uh, Crazy Bone, of Bone Thugs-In-Harmony. We've had Daz Dillinger of the Dog Pound. We've had, you know, baseball players and, you know, just agents. I mean, just go check it out. There's a lot of stuff there. JJ Fad, um, Rodney O, Arabian Prince. If you like the legendary stuff, it's there. And um it's something that has me really excited. You know, it's it was a challenge to turn from a rapper to a, a YouTuber. And I like a challenge. And fun. Yeah, so we we're having some fun with that. We've had, you know, Tito Puente Jr., Joe Batan. I mean, it's just, you know, there's some legendary interviews up there.
0: Good. So people can still tune into the old ones too if they want, right? When they go check it out.
1: Absolutely archived.
0: Beautiful. Well, we'll share that with them for sure. Good deal. And I'll go check it out too. So thank you, Mello. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.
1: Thank you, my friend.
3: in my left hand, mommy's in my ear Shorty 25, about to slide up out of here, cat's crazy hawking but they don't give a fizzle, I'm headed to the puzzle, about to do the damn fizzle cause mine had the Cuba joint and Derrick Jeter on, yeah. me I had the throwback with the wifey beater on, the stadium lights in my air kept the lala lit and now he's on a mission on some Chevy and polish, Dipping down the back street, looking for the spot, gotta pull it over Shorty Watt, feeling hot right. mashing down Imperial, dodge another cop, you know they're getting jelly Cause the Twinkies don't stop What you Have the one with the open-toe yeah, shoes yeah. Jump up in the top-toe shoes There's things I got the top-toe shoes Like shrimp our Instagram, dope underscore nostalgia. You like Twitter better, that's cool. Nostalgia dope. Or shoot us an email, dope nostalgia podcast at gmail.com.
0: This podcast is licensed by SoCan, because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.